Good morning, church family. I looked at the bulletin today and it said guest speaker. How can you be a guest speaker when you're home folk, right? Well, it's good to be back this morning and I pray that you've had a great Christmas celebration celebrating the birth fresh and new uh, with family this week and we had a a good uh, Christmas Eve service this week and now we're approaching the new year, right? And uh, it's hard to believe that we're approaching 2019. I wanted to, before we get started this morning, because we are home folk, I wanted to take a moment um, to just uh, pray for a couple of folks. Can we do that before we get started? Um, I talked with Karen Williams this morning, and, and as you got the email, John is under hospice care now at home. And uh, they've got family in for the holiday weekend, and uh, so we want to pray for Karen and John today. Marie Sharp is back with us in worship today, and so Marie, so grateful for God's provision for you. Um, Also, uh, Dick Reams uh, is in hospice care. I I got a chance to visit with him and Rick this week, and so if you'll remember the Reams family um, as well. And we got word that Cameron is just going to have some tests to check on things. And so this can be anxious moments. And we want to pray that the kidney is doing exactly what it needs to be doing and uh, that that healing process is continuing on behalf of Cameron Drake. Jean Goodwin, we continue to pray for you, dear sister. And uh, so why don't we just go to the Lord in prayer this morning for our church family? Lord, thank you for the privilege this morning, even before we open your word as you lay people upon our heart, that we have the privilege to go boldly before the throne, to lift our concerns and our petitions to you. Lord, would you bless the Williams home today? May John be encouraged by being surrounded by family today. And Lord, I pray that you would bless him and comfort him and strengthen Karen and encourage her as the caregiver that you have provided for him and the helpmate. Lord, we rejoice that Marie is back with us. We pray that you continue to heal her body and allow her to be mobile and uh, to be able to do the things that she enjoys, and one of which is just to get up and down the steps here at church. We ask your blessing upon the Reams family, Brother Dick, 95 years old. What a, a wonderful life you have provided for him, and I pray for... Uh, Rick, as he's caring for dad and the caregivers that they're getting to come in now, Lord, I pray that you would supply every need according to your riches and glory. Lord, we ask that today you would allow Cameron to, to just rest in you, that you would be his peace today that passes all understanding, that he would fix his eyes upon you, not upon himself, in order that he might not be anxious for anything. And we just commit his body to you. Would you bring forth healing as the kidney is functioning the way that you would have it to? And Lord, uh, we pray today, especially for Jean Goodwin, what a, a blessing it is for her to be with us. And we ask that you would continue to guide and direct the nurses and doctors as they consider um, things that need to happen as a result of her health condition. Lord, thank you for where you brought her from to where she is today. But we trust you with the days ahead on behalf of Jean. Thank you for the inspiration that she is to us. Lord, what a privilege it is to to lift up family to you today because we love one another. We bear one another's burdens. We cry with one another. We rejoice with one another. 
Lord, there's not anything that you can't handle. And uh, we thank you that uh, your presence today is felt and known and that you are indeed hearing our prayers. And we thank you and we praise you and we trust you with these lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for allowing me the privilege to pray for church family. Well, 2019, you see the screen this morning, right? What's new and what's the same? What's new and what's the same? I I just want to be one of the first to share with you Happy New Year. Well, almost, right? We have tomorrow is the 31st, and then, of course, Tuesday will be the New Year. And I, I don't know about you, but how many of you are looking forward to 2018 coming to an end? Anybody? Okay, so you're looking forward to a new year, right? You know, it's kind of interesting because I have had several people say to me, I I know that you are looking forward to 2018 coming to an end with all of the family issues that you all have have had. And to be honest with you, um, until someone brings it up, I don't really calculate it all together. I don't add it all up, the challenges that we face this year. But as someone says that, then I, I begin to say, okay, what, what has been going on? And so, you know, being diagnosed with uh, chronic lymphocytic leukemia and then being hospitalized with the, a leg infection that's been ongoing, and Jan's mom with her sudden heart stoppage, intensive care stay, and then long recovery, and my dad broke his hip and uh, has had a long recovery. Jan with her unexpected heart surgery and diabetic condition, and Jan's dad with Alzheimer's, and then a back fracture that required repairing. My brother has prostate cancer, and then I lost a dear uh, first cousin just recently. So thanks for bringing it up. I didn't know, (laughs) you know, I I didn't know the year had been that bad, to be honest with you. But uh, I guess I can see from a person's perspective, but I really haven't looked at life That way. First of all, I don't think the Lord keeps the same calendar that we do. I mean, I don't. Because as I read in Psalm 90, this is the psalmist who gives gives us a prayer for Moses. This is what it says Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even the everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Aren't you thankful? To know that he is God, we have that assurance. You turn man to destruction and say, return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday, it's like a day when it is past, and like a watch in the night. You carry them away like a flood, they're like a, like a sleep. In the morning they're like grass which grows up, in the morning it flourishes and it grows up, and in the evening it is cut down and it withers. So you think about what happens in the time frame of a day. It flourishes, it grows up, in the evening it is cut down and it withers. For we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath. We are terrified. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh, just like a breath. The days of our lives are 70 years. That's not a soap opera, by the way. The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength they're 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, it, so is your wrath. 
And then verse 12 says this, teach us to number our what? Our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And have passion and compassion on your servants. O satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have affected us, or afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to your children and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of your hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So you see, based on the psalmist, I don't think our timetable is God's timetable. Secondly, To be honest with you, I'm just grateful for his mercy and provision through difficult times. I mean, he never leaves us nor forsakes us, right? He is sufficient for all of our needs. He is always on time. So am I looking forward to 2019 now that you mention it? Yes, I am. But I'm also looking forward to tomorrow, December the 31st, 2018, because I want to finish well. I want to finish this year well, one day at a time, right? This morning, I want us to consider our anticipation of the coming year, 2019. What will be new? What's new? And what will be the same? Let me suggest to you a few new things. Don't ignore me when I talk about new things, okay? The first thing is this, a new day. It's a new day. Now, I know that we've spent several weeks talking about building and renovation and our stewardship campaign theme, which is called what? It's a new day. And not everyone gets excited about new things. I mean, we're more comfortable with the same things in our life, the same environment, the same schedule, the same order of service, the same songs, the same seats, the same clothes, the same hairstyles, the same job. And let's face it, some of us have spent a lifetime to keep things the same way. But folks, it's a new day. It's not just a theme for some stewardship campaign. It is the reality of the work of God. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says this. Through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So if you don't like new things, then you don't like the mercies of God that are new every morning. Do I need to say that again? If you don't like new things, then you don't like the mercies of God that are new every morning. There's no need to get used to his mercies from yesterday because tomorrow he's going to give you new mercies, right? So as believers, we should like new things. We should be looking forward to a new day, new mercies. Amen? All right. I'm not sure that you're convinced of that. (laughs) So look to your neighbor and say, I'm looking forward to a new day. Yeah. Now say, I'm looking forward to new mercies. So the first thing that I think we can expect to be new in 2019 
is a new day. If the Lord sees fit for us to wake in the morning, it's a new day. And we have new mercies, right? So what else is new? Number two, it's a new year. A new year. How many of you kept your resolutions that you made in 2018? How many of you did? Jewel, you're, I saw a little bit of a hand go up, okay? But you're the only one that I saw. I mean, we have lost the weight and kept it off, right? I mean, some of you have. You exercise on a regular basis. Some of you are still working out. You resolve to be more disciplined in your daily devotions, reading the Bible through in a year and journaling, right? You, you kept that commitment. And I commend you for your faithfulness in doing that. By the way, if you didn't do that and you want to start again, we're getting ready to start fresh and new on January 1st. And so there are handouts available to you at each entrance today to help you, help you do that. But how many of you have stopped making New Year's resolutions altogether because you have failed to keep them year after year? Yeah? You with me? Yeah, more hands go up, right? So maybe Paul was feeling that same frustration in verse 18 of chapter 7 of Romans when he said this, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. Now let me give you the NIV translation. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. I think this verse reveals to us why we're having trouble carrying out our New Year's resolutions. First of all, in the flesh, I have a sinful nature and nothing dwells in me that's good when I'm living in the flesh. And so for the believer, that's been replaced with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So now there is something that's good living in us. There's something good that's dwelling in us. And it's not us. But it is Jesus in the form of the Holy Spirit that is now dwelling in us. So we no longer live in the flesh, but we now live in the Spirit. Secondly, I have the desire, I have the will to do what's good, but I can't seem to do it. I just can't seem to carry it out. Well, folks, apart from God, we can do absolutely nothing. But through him, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He gives us the desires of our heart because our heart will be so in tune with his that we want to do his will and not our will. Does that, does that make sense? When Billy Graham was asked, does the Bible say anything about making resolutions? He said, well, no, but certainly the Bible encourages us to examine our lives and to resolve change if necessary, although not just at the beginning of a new year, he said. The psalmist, for example, made a resolution to keep his speech pure. I have planned no evil. My mouth has not transgressed. That was Psalm 17, 3. He was asked, then why do so many of us fail to keep our resolutions? And he said this, sometimes it's simply because they aren't realistic resolutions. Instead, they are wishful thinking with no way to to make them actually happen. For example, you might resolve to make a million dollars this year, but if you don't have any way to earn it, it probably isn't going to happen. 
Other resolutions fail because we aren't willing to make the necessary sacrifices to reach those resolutions. But this is what he says. The real problem is within us. Within our own hearts and within our own minds. We'd all like to be better people, but no matter how hard we try, we find ourselves tripped up by our own moral failures and our own weaknesses. And he quotes Paul in Romans 7, 18. I have the desire to do what's good, but I simply can't carry it out. So what's the solution? And this is what Billy Graham said. The solution is to turn to God. Confess your sins to him. Seek his help to live the way that you should, the way that he wants you to live. Begin the new year by turning to Jesus Christ and inviting him into your life and then ask him to help you become the person that he wants you to be. This is what Paul did. And that's why he could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Billy Graham would say, begin the new year with Christ. You see, I believe that's the difference between making a resolution and making a covenant. If you make a resolution, it's about your ability. But if you make a covenant, an agreement with God, it's about his ability. And folks, he is able and he's capable and willing to help you succeed, carry it out. He can help you move from lip service to action. So what's new in 2019? A new day? A new year? And let me suggest to you a new outreach strategy. It's called Bless Every Home. The reason I don't have on to tie today is because I'm wearing this shirt that says Bless Every Home. It's a new strategy. And our pastor is going to encourage us and challenge us to participate in this initiative called Bless Every Home. It's more than just a corporate initiative, however. It's more than a church initiative. It will help you personally to bless your neighbors. The scribes asked Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22. Matthew 22. I'm going to go look at verses 34 through 40. So the scribes are asking Jesus, what's the first commandment? Verse 34, we begin, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, on these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. Now, why is this important as we face the new year? If we love the Lord, then we will obey his commandments right? And Jesus himself gives us two main commandments, and he sets them in priority. Number one, we are to love God, and number two, we're to love our neighbor. I mean, if you're going to look at the commandments, what's the most important? Jesus tells us, love God 
and love your neighbor. Notice here the greatest and the second greatest commandments given by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ were not inwardly focused. It has nothing to do with you and your needs or making yourself happy or reaching your goals and aspirations, but rather the top two commandments of Jesus was to focus on our relationship to God and our relationship to others. And I have to tell you, I'm not sure that as followers of Jesus that we're taking these two commandments seriously. If I would ask you the names of the ten closest neighbors to where you live, could you tell me their names? Could you tell me their ages? Could you tell me the composition of their homes? Could you tell me if they have needs in their life? You see, I don't think we know our neighbors. And how can we love our neighbors as ourselves if we don't even know them? For the past couple of years, I've been working with a demographic company called the Mapping Center. And we, as a convention, we've used the Mapping Center to help church plants know strategically where new churches need to be started, what communities, what neighborhoods need new church works. The Mapping Center has now merged with a ministry, this initiative that's called Bless Every Home, to give us a tool that can help us not only know the names of our neighbors, but will prompt us on a daily basis to pray for them to encourage us to care for them, to share the gospel with them, and to start small groups, Bible study groups, in our community. Now, I've got to tell you, here's here's what happens. We can start the beginning of the year and say, yep, I'm going to commit to get to know my neighbors and meet my neighbors. I don't know about you, but I need a prompting. I need a prompting to do that. And so on my phone, on my computer, every morning at about 3.45... Not that I answer at 3.45. But about that time frame, I get a prompting to say, pray for your neighbors. And it gives me a list of five neighbors to pray for. Because I've gone in and I've registered to be a light in my community. And so they know where I live and they will give me five names to pray for. And I get that every morning, Monday through Friday. It's a wonderful tool. There are four ways that we can bless every home. I want you to see this, this slide because there are four ways to do that. Let's go to the, there we go. The first way is to, to pray for them. So being a light in our, in our community, being a light to our neighbors begins with prayer. How important is prayer? When prompted daily, we have the opportunity to pray specifically for families, the families that we adopt. Now, I have chosen to adopt 40 families in my neighborhood. And so I live in the Mill Quarter area, and so we live on, where do we live? <laughs> Old Links Court. Yeah, I do live there, don't I? Old Links Court, and then there's Old Links Lane, and then where Josh and Jennifer live. What's the name of that road? Homestead? Olmstead. They live behind us. So all of those homes are included, and I have that on a map. So we begin by, by praying. So I can actually prayer walk, or I could ride by these homes, And I begin to ask the Lord to show me things to pray for on behalf of these families. I mean, we could easily drop them a note. 
and, and put a note in the door to say, we're the Bradshaws and we pray on a regular basis. It would be a privilege for us to pray for you. If you have needs, here's our contact information. Please let us know how we can pray. Well, I've got to tell you, as, as you begin to become sensitive to praying for your neighborhood, uh, this is what happened. Gloria, I know you're doing this. Uh, a home that sits on the corner of our community is usually filled with children, a lot of activity. There's a dog that sits right at the road. Uh, there's an there's a, uh, a underground fence, so he won't go any further, but he's always there. But for the last couple of weeks, we've noticed very little activity at this home. No Christmas decorations this year for the first time. So I'm beginning to think to myself, either they're away for the holidays with family or something's not right. And so as I inquired from my neighbor who is good friends with them, I asked how I might pray for that home, and I discovered that this couple and this family is going through a divorce. You see, the Lord had already laid on my heart that something was just not right. Just by being observant in the neighborhood and praying for neighbors. And I've got to tell you, when he does that and when he prompts you, that's the time to do number one, and that is to pray. Another way to bless your neighbors is to care for them. Being a light in your community is more than just praying from a distance. It includes caring for your neighbors. So the idea here is to learn how to naturally and intentionally care for families in your neighborhood, especially during special occasions and times of need. And so when a neighbor loses a loved one, that's the time to go over and take a meal, right? I think we're accustomed to doing that kind of thing. Or we have a neighbor who is expecting, she's a teacher, school teacher at the high school, she's expecting her first child and is currently in the hospital. And so we're awaiting the news so that we can go over and care for that family. Christmas is also a very special time. It's a great time to be a light and to care for your neighbors. I I know we bake uh, goods, and we carry to around eight families in our community. And when we do that, we learn a bit more about them, and they learn a little bit more about us. We get to know each other better. And this is important because our engagement with our neighbors gives us an opportunity to turn, to turn general conversation into gospel conversation. And that's how we get to number three, which is to share. Being a light to your neighbor means sharing Jesus with them. Maybe that means inviting them over for a meal and you share more intimately about your relationship with Jesus. It could be watching a Christian film together or simply a gospel presentation like the three circles. Remember, Pastor James introduced us to the three circles and how easy that is. There's an app on your phone that you can share the gospel with them. But prayer and care will always lead to share. Because as the Lord reveals to you and you begin to pray and you begin to care for people, that opens the door for you to share the gospel with them. If you want to bless your neighbors, you will introduce them to your Savior. Amen? And then don't forget disciple, number four. Being a light to your neighbor means that you will help them in their spiritual journey. Now I have to tell you that many of us, our answer to discipling others is simply inviting them to come to church with us. And can I say, I commend you if you do that. I think that's great. But I also think that that's a cop-out for many of us. And here's why. For someone who has never been to organized church, or maybe sometime in their life they've been hurt by the church, 
they will likely not be comfortable in coming with you to church. But if you say, hey, let's keep getting together for dinner, and you begin to introduce them to a Bible study that you're doing, and they may maybe want to join you in that Bible study, and you become more engaged with them, and you become more accountable with your neighbors, and you build this relationship so that one day when you ask them, will you come to corporate worship with me at Red Lane, they will likely say yes. Does that make sense? It seems pretty easy. It seems pretty practical, right? The issue is, are we doing it? So let me show you this slide. This is how it works for me. And many, gosh, that's small. So this is a screenshot. This is me registering Bless Every Home to be a light in my community. So there's my um, adoption. I've adopted 40 homes. There's my address. So just in case I didn't remember, there it is. Uh, there's our church. You can type in Red Lane Baptist Church and it'll come up. Um, and then it says movements or associations. And so that would be the SBC of Virginia. That's the convention. And then look over here. You can get a neighborhood list. So even if you don't do internet, even if you don't do the phone app or that kind of thing, you can get a list, a hard copy list. And then email settings. So you'll notice I have checked off. I want to be prompted on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then I show up to be a light on the map. And then there's a click that says, if there's someone who moves in my community of those 40 homes, someone new, it will prompt me to say, you have new neighbors that have moved into your neighborhood. Because I want to be a welcome wagon to them, right? All right, let's look at the next slide. So here's the map. This is where I live, Old Links Court. There's Old Links Lane. And then the, what is it, Alms? Almstead, thank you, Almstead. Yeah, I, I don't know the name of it. I know the home's there, but I don't know the name of the road um, because that's kind of another section of, of uh, the neighborhood. Anyway, you notice where it says you. That's where I am. And then you see there's some yellow dots. The yellow dots mean that I have been caring for them. And so my next door neighbor, I've been caring for the Wades. They lost a family member. We carry food. We carry stuff over at Christmas. The next home, likewise, we don't know them as well, but we've been praying for them. And then the next home is that teacher who is about to have a baby, and then you notice some caring there. The green over there, by the way, uh, indicates that the gospel is obviously being shared, and they are believers, and that's because that is the Moffats who live at that green dot right there, <laughs> right through the woods. If we ever need anything, I know where to go, Right? But isn't this interesting to be able to see that as I pray for people and I click, yes, I prayed for them today, it turns red. These homes turn red. If I would click on any one of those dots, it would give you their names and their address. You would have the names and the address of your neighbors and you're praying for them specifically, okay? So go to the next slide. I want you to see this because this is Powhatan, or if you live in Powhatan, it's Powhatan County, right? No syllables necessary. Powhatan. So this is the county, and this is a shading, okay? So as we pray for our neighborhoods, it will shade darker and darker. So notice, where I live, it's light. There is some praying that's going on, but we would love for that to be darker. But notice, there's some white areas. There are some areas where we definitely need to be praying, right? We need more lights in those communities to pray for neighbors. And so you get to watch this map unfold um, as it gets darker and darker. 
All right, let's go to the next one. This is my dashboard. So daily prayer prompting. Notice my neighborhood. There are 245 homes that have been adopted. I have adopted 40. You see it up there in the gray. 40 have been prayed for. Eight have been cared for. Four, the gospel has been shared. And two, we know that there's discipleship that's going on. Okay? So then you see red lane. So as we add more lights... As we add more lights to, to our neighborhoods, you will notice these numbers will go up at Red Lane, and then, of course, our convention will go up as well. So this is the dashboard. It's um, pretty amazing technology, isn't it, when you think about it? I mean, really and truly, we have no excuse for not caring for our neighbors, do we? This is a sign-up card. This is instructions of how to sign up to be a light. Now, let me just tell you, I'm selling you this because it costs you absolutely nothing to be a light. I mean, you can register online to be a light. And so what I've done is that in the invitation period today, if the Lord is leading you to care for your neighbors in 2019, to pray for them, to care for them, to share with them, to help disciple them, there's instructions of how to be a light. I would love for all of our neighborhoods in Powhatan County to be saturated with prayer and care, and share, and discipleship. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Because if you say yes, the only way it's going to happen is for you to do it, right? So, it's a new day. It's a new year. And now we have a new outreach strategy. Sound good? I like new. You like new? You like new mercies? Yes. Then what's the same coming up in 2019? There's one thing that never changes. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, 7 through 9. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Verse 8 says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. You see, our community changes. We have a new Burger King, y'all. <laughs> it opened this week. The building, the interior of the church will change from time to time. Our health circumstances change. I could have never predicted this past year. Our appearances change. Where did my hair go? Our mercies change day after day. Aren't you glad? Our neighborhoods change. We have different races and ethnicities and religions. They are our neighbor. And we don't even know them. But here's what will never, ever change. Say it with me. It will never, ever change. It will never, ever change the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. There is no other way to be saved from our sins. There is no other way to have abundant life. There is no other way to spend eternity in heaven except through Jesus and we don't deserve this precious gift that was given to us at Christmas. 
But that's why Jesus came for you and me and our neighbors. And how will they hear about Jesus if we don't tell them? You have the good news. But it's only good news if it reaches them in time. And I'm simply saying to you this morning, we don't have time to waste, do we? You see, we're so busy looking forward to 2019, we're not even paying attention. We've got the rest of today, and we've got tomorrow to finish well. We don't have time to waste. What's new and what's the same? Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be challenged to finish well and yet be a part of something that's new. And your reminder that every day is new. We, we don't have to wait to make resolutions to start a new year. We can start fresh and new today because your mercies are new to us every day. We do anticipate and we expect good things in 2019 as we are obedient to your word. And you've spoken to us today about being obedient. And it's not about ourselves, but it's about our relationship to you and it's about our relationship to others. And I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit's conviction through your word today. Because I... I, I don't know my neighbors the way that I should. And how can I love them like myself if I don't know them? So help me today to, to take those necessary steps to, to begin by praying for them at least. And then, Lord, as I pray for them earnestly, that you would open my eyes to see them the way that you do. See the needs the way that you do so that I would care for them. And I pray for divine appointments that would lead to general conversation. It, it might be about sports. It might be about the, the, the football games yesterday. Did your team win? Well, let me tell you how you can win and how you can have victory in your life so that our conversations move from general conversations of things that really don't matter to things that have eternal significance. And then, Lord, use us for this journey of faith as we disciple and we sharpen each other, hold each other accountable. Lord, it's because of you that we can look forward to 2019. Because you never, ever change. So today, would you speak to our hearts? First of all, that we would examine our own hearts and our own lives. And secondly, we would look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, to make sure our relationship with you is right. And then, Lord, expand our vision to care for our neighborhoods and communities, our neighbors. 
we trust you now. There could be someone here who's never believed and put their faith in Jesus. Today would be the day of salvation. May it be so, we pray. In Jesus' name.